Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. We're talking everything money mindset today. And if you're new to money mindset work, it can be super eye-opening. I found so much of it comes down to becoming aware of our programming, whether from childhood or society around money and our ability to give it, receive it, and also our sense of worthiness. So I hope you see yourself in this conversation and that it inspires you to take a look at your own relationship with money. You're going to learn so much from today's lovely guest, Helena Grace Donald. She works with ambitious women to radically release their internal money blocks, fears, and limiting beliefs so they can shatter their inner glass ceiling and reach the levels of wealth they desire and deserve. Helena is author of Learning to Love the Girl in the Mirror and the host of the Girl Unfiltered podcast. She also works with multi-million dollar companies as a sales and money mindset consultant. Money stories can be tricky to talk about because they can bring up a lot of discomfort, guilt, shame, fear, insecurity, feelings of scarcity, and that's okay. You're in the right place. I hope you can greet this conversation with an open mind and an open heart and leave with a sense of comfort and inspiration. Let's get into it. All right, Helena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a nice little welcome break. I have my cup of tea. My baby is being taken care of and I got some time to be me. (laughs) Oh, good. I know sometimes with newborns, I feel like just having an adult conversation can feel very luxurious. (laughs) It it does. Like I am so here for it right now. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, I know we're going to talk all things money mindset today. And obviously money, whether we like it or not, it impacts all of our lives, right? But I was thinking about this. And it really wasn't until my journey as an entrepreneur that I encountered all these concepts and resources around money mindset. So I think we should just do a little groundwork and start with why it's important in general to look at our relationship with money. Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that last sentence is that we are in a relationship with money, whether we are aware of it or not. It's something that we deal with, talk about, handle every single day. And the majority of us walk around with no, I want to say conscious awareness of what that relationship is like or how we're showing up for that relationship. And something that I ask my community and my clients is if money was your lover, if money was your partner, then how would it describe the way that you make it feel? Because when you personify it in that way, you might have a big aha moment and realize, oh my gosh, I show up like this for money, or I play hard to get, or I'm really hot and then I'm really cold when it comes to money, or I'm pushing money away, or I'm really mean to money or I never pay money any attention or I'm really, really needy towards money. All of these ways that if we were showing up for a person that we were dating in that way, 
or our partners in that way, they would probably have some issues with that. It's probably not the healthiest way uh, to be in a relationship. And it would probably, or most likely, I could almost say with certainty, would affect the way that they would be responding to you. And money is responding to you. Money is responding. It's an energy. It's a flow of exchange. It's an exchange of give and receive. It's constantly in flow. And if you're showing up in a way that does not feel empowering, that is not self-aware, that feels needy or feels pushy or feels negative or feels draining, then guess what? Money is responding to you with that energy in return. And I think it's extremely powerful, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, for all of us to be aware of how we do show up for that energy, because we do have the power to shift it. We do have the power to change it. No matter where you are at right now in your relationship with money, I can hand on heart say that that is true. Not only from my own experience, from going to have like 97 cents in my bank account on like a very low day and struggling, that's a whole other story, to sitting here right now in this moment, in this big house that I just bought one month ago. And if I had not worked on my relationship with money, there is no way. No way that I would be here for so many different reasons. So that's why I'm passionate about it. And that's why I'm bringing awareness for all of the women out there that they get to feel empowered around money. Yeah. And if this is a new concept to people, I love the personification of what you said. How would you, if money was your lover, how would you be treating it? Because sometimes it's like we're... (laughs) ignoring it or just Mm -hmm. showing up like you said hot and cold like super excited and then kind of just (laughs) not doing anything inconsistent I think that'll really help people reflect on that so I think you've said because of all the work you've done especially I want to focus on women why do you think women especially should be evaluating their relationship with money that's a really good question and like how long do we have (laughs) (laughs) Um, there are so many layers to this so many avenues and paths that I've crossed when it comes to why it's important for women when I've been working with my my clients and I've been working with the women that are in my community if we peel it back and we just look at it from like a historical perspective I know that times are different now and I really do want to honor that and that we live in this amazing time in which For example, I myself can walk into a bank and set up my business account and get a line of credit, or there are women out there who have billion-dollar businesses or multi-million-dollar businesses, or just peel it back. There are women out there who, you, me, you know, our communities who are working mothers who maybe just work three days a week, but they're able to earn their own money doing so in a capacity that feels good for them. So we live in this amazing, exciting time. But that wasn't the case for my mother. And that wasn't the case for my grandmother. And I'm sorry, but that is not very far back. (laughs) Times were completely different. A woman couldn't really open her own bank account until the 70s. And yes, okay, we're more than like 50 years on from that. But the generation that experienced that are still alive. They're still here. And those are the women that were raising us. (laughs) So talk about programming and talk about, you know, subconscious beliefs that are running through us. And I even believe in generational trauma, which means that we can inherit beliefs and experiences from the women that have been raising us through the generational lines 
you know, my, my grandmother was a woman living in Ireland, raising seven children with barely any money. It was just a completely different life. And that's my grandmother and she's still alive, you know? So looking at that, it can help us bring awareness to why, yes, we have these opportunities available to us. Yes, we live in this exciting time, but that doesn't mean that we're not carrying in negative beliefs, limiting beliefs, toxic beliefs to our relationship with money. And it's also why I believe it's the most paramount time right now that we as women do work on our relationship with money so that our daughters don't even need to work on their money mindset. Like that would be my goal that my daughter is like, mom, you were a money mindset coach. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Because she just feels so naturally empowered around money because I feel like we're at this amazing pivoting time in which we have that accessibility in the Western world, I have to add, like we are fortunate enough to have that, but we were raised by women who did not have access to that, who couldn't even have a bank account in their own names in some circumstances. And there's just so many different facets to that. So I don't want to go so much into the history, but... I hope that that makes sense as to why we may as women need to work on our money mindset. That's fascinating perspective because I hadn't, I mean, I know that we've come a long way and we celebrate that and I think it's important, but it also, we didn't have a path. And I think it also, I'm really glad that you brought up the perspective of kind of beliefs that were possibly passed down to us because that's been eye-opening. I think some women, it's awkward. It can be shameful. It can, and a lot of times, I think the the money work, people don't even realize what they're carrying or where it came from, but it might not be. It's probably not something that you did to create it. No, it was probably from all. society or your family. So I think that's good to recognize as we step into the next thing I want to talk about, because you've mentioned kind of the top five money mindset blocks that women you work with have. And I think it'd be really helpful. I kind of want to go through them one by one, just so women have a chance to actually think about it and maybe see themselves in them. So can we do that? Oh my God. Absolutely. And yes, these are passed down. We have not done anything wrong. No one's done anything wrong. Everyone is doing their best, but you want to understand what your money mindset is. Just look at how your parents operated around money, because if Mm. you haven't yet looked at your own money mindset, chances are you're even modeling what they displayed or you're running in the opposite direction. And both can have toxic or limiting behaviors behind them. <laughs> oh, that I think that's going to come up more naturally in these examples. So that let's definitely yeah, unpack that okay. more. So the first belief that you say is the, this belief that I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy of money. So let's start there. Yeah. Tell us about that one. This is a big one. And worthiness is a big belief for women in so many different ways, whether it's about money or not, but worthiness can seep into your relationship with money massively. And so you may not have programming necessarily that feels directly linked to it being about money when you were growing up, but you may have been taught for whatever reason that you aren't worthy. Maybe you aren't worthy of things coming easily for you. Maybe you aren't worthy of playing big. Maybe you aren't worthy of luxury, or maybe you aren't worthy of simply money because you were raised in a family in which money was extremely shameful to talk about, or maybe it was a very taboo topic. And so you learn 
to absorb that energy. So when you go to think about stepping out and creating more wealth for yourself or receiving more money or raising your prices, there's this subconscious belief in your body holding you back going, oh, that feels really uncomfortable or I don't get to have that. I'm not worthy of this. And so you create behaviors and patterns that validate that belief. I mean, look at us, the programming we receive as women. It's like, We have to look a certain way to be worthy. We have to act a certain way to be worthy. We have to do everything perfectly to be worthy. You know, we have so many different beliefs running through. And so maybe there's a belief like, I'm not worthy until I look like this, or I'm not worthy until I speak like this, or I'm not worthy unless I have this degree from this university, or I have this certification from this training. And the list just keeps getting longer and longer. But I want you to know, the listener, like you are inherently worthy. There is no ifs, ands, and buts about that. You were born worthy. You came into this world as a worthy, beautiful vessel of so much abundance. And that has never been more true for me than witnessing my daughter come into this world just over five months ago. She is worthy of our love. She's worthy of our attention. She doesn't doubt that she's worthy of mama's milk. She is just worthy. She believes she's worthy because why wouldn't she be? It's only over time that society and programming and families start chipping in and causing us to remove ourselves or build layers towards what is inherently true, which is that we are born worthy. So it's up to you to investigate what is blocking you from really connecting to what is inherently yours and what you are truly inherently worthy of and start examining that for yourself and start looking at what the thought patterns are, what the feelings are behind that so that you can tune into your truth, which is that you are worthy. Beautiful. And okay, I need your help clearing something up because I feel like I've read a million times how people win the lottery or come into some money Mm. all of a sudden. And then like, they're just their set point is of worthiness isn't ready to have that money and they squander it. But can you explain that to us? Because I feel like I can't articulate it, but I know that happens. Absolutely. And this is a perfect example of why money mindset is so important. It kind of plays into all of the beliefs that we're going to talk about in a moment. But There are many people out there who have won the lottery and end up right back at exactly the same position that they were in prior to having won the lottery. It's not just that potentially that they don't feel worthy. It can also be that they don't feel safe having that kind of money for many different reasons. And this is why I talk about your inner money set point, your mind, body, money connection. If you want to know what your inner money set point is, just look around you right now. It's currently the set point that you're living at. And it is made up of your subconscious beliefs, your behaviors, your thoughts, your feelings, and the way that you operate around money. And so if you're going to set a new big income goal, let's say you want to double your income goal and you put it up on your manifestation board, or you have a mantra behind it, or you just keep fixating on, I'm going to make 15K this month, whatever the the money might be, but you haven't looked at your beliefs behind actually receiving that, then you are going to be pushing up against a brick wall because you have to change and shift and transform your inner money set point first. You have to be vibrating and acting and behaving at that level in order for it to feel safe for that money to come into your world for many different reasons. 
So people can have lots of lingering subconscious beliefs like, how are people going to treat me if I have that kind of money? Will I still belong to my family if I have that kind of money? People are going to want to take and take. And I'm talking more about the lottery winners. People are going to want to take and take and take from me or money is greedy. Rich people are bad. All of these different beliefs that can be circulating around, which causes them to act in a way that actually wants to release the money. They don't feel safe having that money in their bank account. They haven't changed their inner money set point to vibrate and behave at the frequency of somebody who has that money. So for them, it actually feels safer to go back to where they were prior to having won the lottery. That's why it's so important to do the inner work first, because the byproduct of that naturally will be as you raise your inner money set point, as you become comfortable with being somebody who can receive that kind of money, that the money will then naturally flow. I see it all the time with my clients. That's fascinating. And another example that came up briefly, but I think regardless of you, if you win the lottery or not, another mindset issue that you have talked about is that kind of stickiness of what will people think of me? I think that everybody has a fear of not belonging, especially if you make a big stride. So tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, we're programmed to need to belong. If you go back, you know, to our ancestors, we go really far back in history now, but we literally had to belong in order to survive, you know, and we still carry that fight or flight programming with us now today. And so you may feel like where you are right now within your family, within your friendship groups, that feels safe. That's your tribe. And so there may be a thought or a feeling that if you were to start earning at that level, would you still belong to that tribe? Because it doesn't feel safe stepping out and doing something different or receiving on that next level because of what you may feel people judge you for, or because you may feel that you'll be different. And the thing is that often these beliefs don't necessarily have to be true. It may not be true that your parents will not love you anymore or that your friends will not want to spend time with you. It's something going on on a subconscious level, maybe from early childhood programming or going back to that fight or flight need to feel safe and to belong that will cause you to want to hold yourself back. And that's why, again, I just keep coming back to the awareness is the key thing. You just have to evaluate whether that is true for you or not and bring that awareness to the belief so that you can decide what is actually consciously safe for you because it is safe for you to receive that next level. It's just what your subconscious may be telling you on a deeper level. Yeah, I have a question for you, something I'm curious about in terms of the sense of belonging. Because for example, after I got my master's in journalism, the economy tanked and I remember feeling ready to take on the world and I traveled to the suburbs of Chicago one day and I ended up getting a parking ticket when I was interviewing people for an article and the parking ticket cost more than what I made for writing this article that took me a ton of of labor. Mm -hmm. And obviously this was a long time ago, but I think that sometimes even though journalism, it wasn't like a starving artist thing, but there's almost this like we're in it together, starving artists. And I I wonder how many people you work with that feel like they're going to lose that identity if they just open up to being like, this is not (laughs) sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could definitely come up for sure. 
It's interesting because I can resonate a lot with the starving artist analogy because I come from the acting world prior to (laughs) being a coach. And I was living in LA where I'm surrounded by artists. And that can definitely be a thing. And it's a thing that I've discussed with my friends too. And this idea that you belong by struggling or that there's something noble about struggling. And I think really differently about that, especially after the work that I've done is how are you going to serve everyone else around you? How are you going to be able to show up as your best self if you are constantly addicted to the struggle? I just think that if you can't nourish and take care of yourself, I love the analogy. I heard this, but from a different speaker, I'm trying to remember her name, but she said, if you can't turn your own lights on, how are you going to light up anyone else? Like if you literally can't, afford to pay your electricity bill how are you going to show up as the most inspirational person that you can be or the best journalist or actor or mother or partner whatever it might be if you can first nourish yourself and you can receive the abundance that allows you to feel supported and safe then you get to show up in this world in such a bigger and greater capacity. I was not the coach or the business owner or the partner that I get to be now when I was stuck in the struggle. It didn't serve anyone and it certainly didn't serve me. And I get to show up in a completely more open and giving capacity from having worked on my money mindset. So your tribe is going to benefit from you releasing the struggle. And you may be surprised at not only how many people you inspire, or support in making leaps and strides in their own lives, but also how many people you may attract who may be on a different level, who maybe resonate with the lifestyle and the life and the belief systems that you desire to live your life by, because you are a magnet. And by you showing up in that new capacity and that, with that abundance mindset, you can't help but then be attractive to other people who want to resonate at that level as well. Yeah. And I think this tips actually perfectly into the third money mindset block that I wanted to chat about. And it's kind of that belief that money can't be spiritual. And back to what you've said, I I think a, a major mindset shift that I've had in my own journey is just realizing that the more money I bring in, the more I can do, the more I can serve my community. If you're involved with a charity, the more you can give. And I think a lot of people get stuck on money not being spiritual or noble, like almost that suffering is noble. What do you have to say about that? I completely disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I kind of was sort of highlighting that just now. It's if you can take care of yourself and allow in more abundance and you're going, money is an exchange. It's an exchange of giving and receiving. If you allow yourself to receive, just how much more are you going to be able to give? And when you come from a restrictive place, a, a place of fear or a place of hardship around money, then that's going to take up a lot of time and a lot of attention for you. It takes up a lot of brain bandwidth. And I think that that can really slow us down when it comes to our evolution and when it comes to how much we have energetically just available to be able to give. So just think about some of the people out there who are extremely spiritual, who maybe are inspirational to you and are extremely wealthy and the amounts of money that they get to give to people and 
you know, you don't even see what they're doing for their families or their friends, but just even globally, it's incredible. It's inspiring. And maybe there's a part of you that thinks that wealthy people are bad or wealthy people are greedy. And that's where this belief comes from, that the less money you have, the more spiritual you are or the better person that you are. Well, if that's the case, like, let's just say that is true, then that should be motivation for you to to light your world up with abundance because we need more people like you who are good, great people, inspirational and spiritual people making a difference in this world. So don't restrict yourself because of that. Make that your motivator to have even more abundance available to you. Yes, I'm with you there. One of the lessons that stuck with me most when I've been doing this own work and and in my own capacity was just thinking about somebody once told me that money just amplifies what you already are. Exactly. So I, I think that sticks with me. So to what you said, if there's women in the world who are, you know, pure with their intentions and want to be generous and want to be uplifters, like I want them to have more money, you know, I want yeah. those people to have the energy of money. Yeah, absolutely. And even if it's not like on the global scale and the Oprah levels of what we're talking about, Let's just bring it back to the family nucleus. Like if you feel safe and you feel supported in your home, that has a knock-on effect and the energy that you show up as a mother or as a partner, which means that your kids grow up in that environment, which means that they grow up then to be those kinds of people. Like it doesn't always have to be this big, massive scale. Just think about the way that you show up infiltrating or affecting the people that you're surrounded with on a daily basis. And if you're moving from abundance and they get to receive that abundance and then they get to share that abundance with more people in this world. And that has a knock-on effect in itself. Absolutely. Okay. I, I know we're coming up on time, but I want to make sure we we hit a little bit of these next two because they're also really important. So the last couple of money mindset blocks that come up most often with women are making money has to be hard and also I believe that I'm a bad money manager and I'm almost scared. Mm. So let's start with making money has to be hard because I know in my own experience, I grew up in Iowa. I got my worker's permit when I was underage to start washing dishes. And it was very much this attitude of working your way up, hard work produces the fruit. And it's almost judged as like, lazy sometimes if you're not contributing in that way. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I've had to work a lot, especially now that I'm doing something I love. I've had to work through a lot of money mindset blocks of like, guess what? I can get paid to do something that's easy for me because it's fun and it's easy for me to show up in this capacity. And it took a while for me to almost not feel this like guilt, like, whoa, it gets to be that easy to make money. Yeah, it can be really addictive within your nervous system for it to be hard because if that's all you've ever known or that's what you've witnessed from your parents and how they worked and God bless them. Like there's no judgment here. It's just programming. Like your parents had to do what they had to do and they didn't know what their money mindset was and then they passed it on to you. So if you think about it from the ages of zero to seven, you are just literally a sponge. You don't know what money is. You don't know how the world works. And so you're just absorbing and deciding what things mean based off of what you're witnessing around you. So if you at that age are witnessing how hard your parents have to work, because maybe that was what they really did have to do in order to make ends meet and put food on the table, then you're deciding, okay, that's what making money means. End of. (laughs) 
And so then you grow up and you carry that forward into your life. This is why it's so important for us as entrepreneurs to work on our money mindset, because often this stuff doesn't really come to the surface until we try to make a change and we try to shift it and do something different. So that imagining for you, Whitney, like consciously you're going, I want to work like this. Like I want to be able to have freedom to create and do these things that I love and I get to make money doing them. Great. I'm going to dive straight in. This is awesome. And then the same patterns start coming up of like, working all hours, pushing yourself. When it comes easily, your body feels uncomfortable. You're like, wait, do I really get to have this? Should I really receive this? And so then we display the same behavioral patterns. And so it's so important for you to look at that programming and understand and speak to your nervous system because that's the regulator, that it does get to be easy. And look at where did I learn that it didn't get to be easy? Look for the examples of maybe women out there who are doing the things that you desire and use them as examples for new programming. But most importantly, use the tools to re-regulate your nervous system so that when it does start coming easily to you, when you do start deciding this is how I want to work and this is how I deserve to work in order to receive this level of money, that it feels safe for you to do so. And I know that you wanted me to mention a couple of tools, but one of them would be tapping the emotional freedom technique that that you could start using. And at the end, I can talk about where you can find that through me as well. Uh, Meditation and journaling and just having the powerful awareness is key within itself. So at least when it's coming up, you know why it's coming up. Yes. And that's why I wanted to get through these examples and even you throw myself in the ring just because I think that the awareness piece for a lot of women isn't even there yet. And I want women to be aware. I don't want them to wait until they're my age to be aware of what they might be carrying. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's make sure to touch on that last block, which is this belief. And I, I'm sorry to say, I don't want to be sexist, but I think it's more common in women than men. And it makes more sense based on the history we talked about in the beginning of the episode, right? That some women just don't feel comfortable because they think that they're a bad money manager. So what advice do you have to a woman who is not feeling empowered in her money management right now, regardless of where she is. And there's no shame around it because this was me. I mean, I felt physically sick at the idea of having to log on to my bank accounts before I did my money mindset work because it just felt so icky to me and unsafe. And the reason that this is an important belief to look at is because if you are walking around believing that you're a bad money manager, what you're saying is, I don't feel safe around money. I don't feel safe receiving this level of money. And if you are a magnet to what you believe and you're the mirror and money is responding to you, then of course money doesn't want to show up in a big capacity. Because if you think about it, really think about it, if the amount of money that you dream and desire of receiving, let's say it's a 20K month, landed in your bank account tomorrow and you believe that you're a terrible money manager, really, how does that feel in your body? Would you really know what to do with it? Would you really feel safe having that amount of money in in there? Or, which is a pattern that a lot of clients come to me with, is you'd end up just spending it all or just like not understanding where it all went because it feels safer not to have it in your bank account. So just bring the awareness piece to that and then start educating yourself. Look, I, I get it. We aren't taught about this. I wish that there was a class in school that really was just about money management, not about algebra and 
trigonometry. Like we need to learn about money and managing it so that we get to feel safe around it. And yeah, we may not have learned that in school, but there are great resources out there. There are books available. There are podcasts available. There are YouTube videos available. There are people that you can even hire to support you with this. I remember that being a big move that I made when I decided to hire my own money consultants to support me so that I felt safe making my next level. So I felt safe knowing, okay, these bank accounts are secure. This is how I'm going to manage that. This is how I'm going to pay my taxes on all of those different things. So you can just start grounding and feeling safe, receiving the level that you desire. Love all of that. I I also like that this is hopeful because like you, I just want this to be second nature for the next generation of women. And so in some ways we are guinea pigs, but I'm hopeful that women will do the work and it'll, it'll just continue to improve for the next generation. Absolutely. I hope that too for our daughters. So I know people are going to want to find you and learn more about money management. So tell us where we can find you. Yeah. So, well, I also have a podcast where I talk about lots of money mindset stuff, money management. So that's the girl unfiltered podcast. Best place to find me or chat or send me a DM and let me know what resonated with you in this episode is on Instagram. I'm at girl underscore unfiltered. And then I also have some resources for you. I have free money magnet meditations. I have tapping videos. I have a five day tap into your inner rich babe program that is so accessible. And it literally will walk you through releasing each of those funny mindset beliefs that we've talked about today. So that would be an amazing place to start with when it comes to diving into money mindset for yourself. Well, thank you for being generous with those resources, because I know it's important for both of us that women with full lives have access. And so I really appreciate that. And we'll make sure to capture those in the show notes. I always end my episodes with the same question. And that is, What's one question women should be asking themselves more? That's a really, I wish I had some time to really think about that. Okay. (laughs) How can I nourish myself today? I don't know. That was the first thing that came up for me. And I think that that's maybe because of where I'm at in my life right now. And I think that as women, we are giving so often, especially as busy moms and entrepreneurs and wives and all of the things in between. And we're worthy and deserving of getting to nourish and fill ourselves up first, because when we do that, man, it has a trickle down effect for everyone around us. So just ask yourself, even if it's a 10 minute meditation, how can you nourish yourself today? Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.